There's so many different directions that we can take this episode today from the beginning to the middle to the end. And I have been stewing on it all weekend, Riv. All weekend long from our group chats with uh, myself, you, Gio, and JR about things going on around the league and stuff like that. But I'm just going to start with this. I mean, and there's so much, and this is not by priority. It's it's not by priority because I think the Rocky Worth story deserves a you know a ton of attention that it's getting. I I you know will address Gary Bettman's response to that. Gary Bettman's you know quote unquote State of the Union that he does every year at the All Star break. Um, I would love to even do a little role playing today. Not the kind of role playing that gets you all excited, but maybe you know one where it's like. You ask me, you ask me the questions, like I'll be the commissioner today. And you just ask me the question, ask me about Arizona, ask me about Canada, ask me about Chicago, ask me about China, ask me about all of it. And I want to give you how I think Gary Bettman should be answering some of these questions because I'm just sick of watching him just tiptoe and, you know, give the token answer like these these interviews are a waste of time these press conferences are a waste of time but here's here's my main takeaway before i go too long-winded down a a rabbit hole that will lead me to dominate the the first hour it is time to get rid of the all-star game it is it is absolutely embarrassing and it's not just embarrassing and hard to watch i'm embarrassed for the players I'm embarrassed well, for the players. You say that. No, don't, no, no, don't. We are, start. Listen, I don't, don't want to hear you with start me fucking defending, know, no, defending it's not, I'm everything. I'm not going to defend it. I am not going to defend it. I have played 16 years in the National Hockey League. I have been retired for 10, okay? In the last 26 years, I think I have watched four or five all-star games four or five in 26 years. So okay, here's well, my, maybe, thought. maybe, maybe. So what, what I'm trying to do is the NHL puts this spectacle on for a reason. It is not for me. It is something that makes my eyes bleed, but I look and say, there are people that I think are really enjoying this right now. I think that there's people that um, are are trying to get to know these players on a different level than just having their helmets on and 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 having them talk after um, a game or and and doing an interview in between a period. There's a little bit more personality in this. Okay, there's um, not. Don't tell me there is. There's not. There's no personality. They try. The the game doesn't have it. No, the game doesn't have any personality anymore. And this weekend actually validated that for me. So, I mean, this isn't an opportunity for them to show their their, uh, personality because the players don't. But carry on. Why is that? Why is there no personality in this sport in general? There's very few people that have had personality over the last... 30 years in this sport. Well, what is the reason for that? Someone's going to listen code? to this and they're going to say, well, I'm I don't so know. I'm so sick of talking about a code. Well, I don't want to talk about a code anymore. Someone's going to listen to this and they're going to message and they're going to say, 
Well, I thought what Trevor Zegers did was pretty unbelievable in his move, and I think that's really great for the game. And you know what? Yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it was for, Pardon? It's mind-boggling what he just did with the puck. I don't care if it's blindfolded, folded, or not blindfolded. The ability to hold on to the puck and do what he did with that puck is just, that's just a, there, a different there, generation. That's a different generation hockey player, that no, right there. No question. But the whole show, it's embarrassing. It was embarrassing from the commentating. It was embarrassing from the analysis. It was embarrassing from the uh, player involvement. Uh, the the challenges that are are going on. It's embarrassing when they bring on these guest judges to 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 make a mockery of the of the final scores. You know, like John Ham giving the nineteen to Petrangelo. Who, like, I mean, I just I, I just feel so embarrassed. I feel so embarrassed for the NHL that this is their this is their spectacle. We don't have to talk about the Pro Bowl. That's a, that's you know that's a joke in itself too. But. But the fact of the matter is, is I sit and I watch this and I'm like, you do the fastest skater right off the start and you make these players sit around and watch this, this show that is just, it's absolutely, it's embarrassing. It was well, like let the, me the, ask the, you the skills, the skills where they're saucing pucks on the, 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 whatever the, the fountain at the, was the MGM grand. Like it was, it was absolutely embarrassing. It was atrocious. And there's no personality and go watch those interviews. Go watch, uh, is it Zach Wierenski who took part in it? And it's like, you know, I've never, uh, I've never shot uh, pucks on uh, the lake at the MGM grand before. Oh, really? You never have. I thought that was a usual thing that we did. Like, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't understand what we're trying to do. You know, like you mic these guys up. They don't say anything. They're all, they're, they're, they're all the same. It's like, Oh, oh, oh that's all they do is just like, Oh, six shot there, uh, smokes or whatever the guy's stupid nickname is or whatever. And I just, I'm like, like, why are we doing this? Why are we interrupting the season? Let's just play the normal games. It is a revenue. It, it's a, oh, a revenue, revenue source. Do you not think whether you like it or not, they want in that it, listen, I mean, it's not for me. It's not for me, but it is something that I think young fans want. Young fans could sit there all day and watch these guys mic'd up, skating around, talking to each other. These are guys that hate each other during the season, you know, the warrior type guys. And now all of a sudden they're talking to each other. They're laughing. They're patting each other on the back. And it's just an environment that gives the younger generation or, or, all generations, a chance to see these guys without their helmets, kind of letting down their hair and, and just, and just being themselves. Now it's not something that you in particular are liking. But this is something that I watched I when I was a kid there that do like it. <sighs> the young, the young audiences are so you the only audiences. Kid. Oh my God. Yes. And I can tell you it had a lot more, um, uh, it felt like a lot more of a, a competitive nature. It, I mean, it, it, it seemed to me and seems to me now that back then players took pride in being all-stars. I don't feel that same pride anymore in the all-star game. I don't feel like players, you know, I'm not going to say that they don't, they don't give a shit if they're an all-star or not, but what I'm saying I is ask you a question then what I'm saying is, is that 
I just don't feel that the all-star game has the same importance to these players because way, way, way back when, and I'm going back to the late eighties, early nineties, you know, they weren't making some players might be making money. That's comparable to what they make today. Some, but they're not making the money that they are today. So the all-star game was a real feather in their cap. Whereas this is like, this to me is like uh it's a side show and it's a complete waste of time because I don't feel like the players are, are buying into it. I don't feel they're engaged in it. Um, I don't think they even, I think they feel like it's a, a, a disruption of their life uh, to the standpoint of they go there and they, they seem disinterested. I sensed disinterest from the players. I'm disappointed in the fact that, that being an all-star doesn't have the same meaning anymore. And it shows, it shows that, that it, it, it does, they don't care. Now you go back and you watch, uh, go watch any, uh, Go to the 1991. I think that was the year that it was in in Pittsburgh, and and Lemieux scored four goals and like three in the first period or something like that. And one of them was an absolute highlight reel on Mike Vernon. And I just I think back to you know those days and and you know skills Ray Bork taking the the accuracy shooting so seriously and Ally Afraidy taking the hardest shot. Uh, a challenge so seriously and Mike Gardner taking the skating challenge so seriously, you know, that I don't sense that from these players anymore. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. I think that it doesn't, that, that I can sense that. And I sensed it when we were players in the league, guys would roll their eyes when they were going to the All-Star game. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to the All-Star game. I almost feel like guys now they're trying to be too cool. And, and hockey players have never been more uncool than they are today, this day, this era, but they are trying to be too cool. And it's just, it's like, it's they're trying so hard to though. not be someone tweeted at me the other night. They yeah. said, they're trying so hard to not be, uh, you know, gym class heroes out there that they go so far in the opposite direction and actually show that they don't give a shit. And then you have like a magic show in the middle where you have like gritty breaking a stick and having a prediction in there. Like, I mean that the whole thing is just turned into a mockery. It's a mockery. And that's all For I have you, to say though. That's my, no, I don't think it is just me, Craig. That's the thing you well, sit listen, here and I mean, say, there's, there's to, there's obviously going to be a percentage of people that will not turn it on and they they will not watch it. Here's the here's the thing. This is what you need to realize. Both my boys, I was not home, okay? I did not watch the All-Star game. Like I told you before in 26 years, I have watched probably 3, 4, 5 All-Star games. Listen, both my boys were watching the All-Star game different parts of the house. I was not home and they're texting me as stuff is going on. Hey, Hedman just uh, shot 103.2 in the uh, slap shot. You know, I think uh, Zidane Chara would have beat him if he was here. And I was just like, that's, that's, I found that really cool that my, my son is, is having dialogue on this. I go, Oh dad, dad, you're not going to believe this. Uh, Connor McDavid didn't win the uh, uh, fastest skater. I'm like, okay, great. Who did? Kairu. I'm like, who? who the hell is he? Oh yeah. Jordan, the guy from St. Louis. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but they know all these guys, they know it. And they're watching 
all of these guys have their little dialogue between each other, mic'd up, and they're loving it. My boys are loving it. It's not for me. It's not for you. Maybe we're hockey snobs because we played in the league and we see faults in it, but there's no fault when my, when my kids were watching it. And there's a lot of kids out there that are doing the same thing. They couldn't wait to get in front of the TV to watch the skills competition. They couldn't wait to watch, you know, they couldn't wait to watch Rasmus Dahlin to see how he was going to do in the all-star game. So they watched the whole thing. I asked my son, how how'd Dahlin do? He did really well. Okay, great. But there's a generation here that loves what what was put on they love the magic act where you know jack hughes is sitting there you know oh skating my around god no they didn't that's yes, so hokey did. and then you got man all right like falling on like the goalies let them score it's like come on like come on it's come for on the younger generation well the younger generation is the only generation that they're going to draw because gen- our generation they've lo- they've lost a lot of us no because uh, lot, yeah, because there are a, a lot generation. of people that are unhappy with the brand that the NHL is putting out right now. The style of game, too much skill, all that stuff. It's and 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 t- take away my theory on it. It doesn't matter. I'm going based on what other people tell me, okay? Because I'm I'm listening to other people. I'm reading what other people are saying. This isn't yeah. me coming with this opinion. I'm saying that there are people that like that are our age that look and say the game is a fucking joke. The game of hockey in the NHL right now is an absolute joke, and it sucks to watch. There's no physicality. There's no intensity. Everyone's friends. It's like it, everyone's friends. Yeah, but everyone's friends, friends on the football field. You watch an NHL and a yeah, but game. you don't ever have Those to question are- whether or not a guy in the football field is going to run the guy over because his job is literally in jeopardy. That's his job. Where in hockey, and it, you can't compare the two. Yeah, they go and hug after the games and they exchange jerseys after football. That's literally after they've they've tried to murder each other. In hockey, so, you're, so in what hockey, you're saying is hockey needs to get out of. Uh, they need to get guaranteed contracts out of hockey. Is that what you're trying to say? Because in football, contracts aren't guaranteed. Is that what you took from that? <laughs> or are you just are you just are you just changing the conversation? I'm not changing the conversation. I said if you look at an NFL football game, I watched so many football games. After every game, win or lose, the guys are patting each other on the back. They go and talk to multiple guys on the other team, smiles on their faces this, that, and the other, and they walk off the field. Hockey is not like that. You say that they're all friends. They're all buddies. But you're saying in football, in the game, they will go out and do what they have to do because their jobs are on the line. Why are their jobs on the line? Their jobs are on the line because they can be cut at any time, any time, because their, their contracts in the NFL are not guaranteed. Well, then maybe that is a conversation. Maybe, maybe, maybe you, maybe these, you are, maybe, maybe I owe you an apology players. and I need to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for jumping down your, down your throat so quickly for trying to derail my conversation, but you're not derailing it. Maybe there is more to this. I don't know. I think that is part of an issue to be honest I with you. I think it's now, a different generation, Petey. It's something that we are not familiar with. I'm 47 years old. I'm a, I'm I like, I'm like, I feel, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I feel like I'm 25. If I were to go in a, into one of those locker rooms right now, like I feel I would be able to get along with all these young bucks because I just feel like I'm a young 
mind in general. Um, that being said, we're, this is not our generation. This is a different generation. They're, they act differently. They um, hold their self differently. Um, they take constructive criticism differently. Um, they've grown up in a, in a very different environment than what we grew up when we were younger and, what, and when we were their age. Like, I don't sit there and compare, you know, you know, a, a player like Jack Hughes and say, yeah, well, you know, he's a star in the league, but, you know, so is Stevie Iserman. And I don't compare Joe Sackick, you know, in, in, in his heyday when he was winning Stanley Cups. I don't compare him to how many of know, these guys. I can't believe you just said Steve Iserman, because as you said, Jack Hughes, I'm thinking to myself, do you think fucking Steve Iserman would have? pulled a magic a kid out of a magic box there and had him come in and skate as like young Jack Hughes or young Steve Eiserman. Uh, no, no. Do you think Gretzky would have done that? No. It's 30 years ago. 30 years ago, things are different. Things are very, very different than what they were 30 years ago. I don't know what you're, what you're, you don't think this game's going to evolve we have to evolve with it. I may not like what I see because I liked the old way of hockey. I liked when I was a young kid and my brother, uh, my brother, Scott, you know, we were able to get a little bowl of chips. Okay. And my mom would give us a little, little glass of Coke and we would be able to turn on the TV and watch hockey night in Canada and the music dun, 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 and just I get chills in my on my arms because not because of the hockey because I get to stay up later than what normally I would be able to get to stay up and I get to watch this great game I watched incredible incredible players play and I loved it and I grew up watching it, it, it I watched the fights I watched the highlight goals from Wayne Gretzky and Marion Lemieux and, and, you know, you, you keep going on and on, you know, like Denny, Denny Savard, the Savardian spinorama, these things were incredible back in the day, but we don't see guys doing uh, what the, the Michigan, there isn't, there's nobody doing the Michigan back in the day. There was nobody flipping pucks over the net like Zegris did. These things, the games evolved, the mental and the skill level of these players now are far superior than what we were on average back 25 years ago. The game has changed. So our Insta or our uh, Instagram, I almost said Instagram, our, we don't have, well, we have Instagram. We never use it, but our uh, Twitter uh, tweeted out, all-star games, all-star skills competition has hit rock bottom. And let me read you some of the responses, okay? Here's just awful. The whole all-star gig is a joke, not needed. Name an all-star team and each player gets rewarded but has to donate monies to charity for their of their choice. This twice a year, mid and end. That's from Kevin Luzak. Uh, this guy writes, it's so awful. Players don't want to be there. No enthusiasm, no energy, uh, no cool events outside Vegas. Uh, cool events outside Vegas does things uh, right, but this is awful. It just seems like, uh, I don't know, he, uh, no one wants to be a gym class hero and not try hard. Um, you know it's bad when part of it isn't even on the ice. That's the part that was in the fountain. That fountain thing was absolutely embarrassing. I can't believe that when they recorded that the night before, they didn't opt to cut that out. Um, 
This person writes, uh, I've seen more personality in but a doctor's stop for a second. Can I've I seen more personality in a doctor's office waiting room. Okay, great. Right. There's always going to be haters, right? They're always, there's always, uh, guys and, and, uh, guys and girls with different opinions. I will say that you, you got the sauce, uh, where was it done again? What, what casino? I, I don't know all the casinos, but I think it was outside in the pond at the MGM Grand. Yeah, the MGM Grand. The one that they the robbed pond. in Ocean's Eleven, I think. Yeah. So these young guys are saucering pucks onto kind of like an island, right? Something like, like targets. That. Yeah, targets. Un- unwatchable. There's another one. And the funny one. thing ahead. is I've gone on Instagram, I've gone on Twitter, and I've seen these young guys, okay? Guys like Derek Roy. Remember Derek Roy back in the day, he was at his cottage and they would do saucer uh, tricks into the water, trying to hit it onto a platform, like a tiny little platform that's in the lake on the lake. Do you remember those things, Petey? Yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen it done tons of different times with players that are having fun. They're having a part, a beach party or whatever, a lake party. You got drinks flying bikinis uh you know all over the place and you got these guys that are doing their thing they're flipping they're flipping the puck in the air they're twirling their stick like a baton and then they want to catch the puck again do you know how many times i did that when i was a kid zero not one single time did i flip a puck 20 feet in the air and try and twirl my stick 16 times and then have the puck land on my knob or the blade. It never happened. But this generation, it is happening. They're doing things that have never been done before. Okay? Have you seen anybody in NHL history do what Trevor Zegers did? In the shootout thing or just yes. like his his the when he when he sauced the puck over the net against Buffalo? No. No. No, I haven't. Okay, I mean, like that's great a way to put it on display. But I mean, let's let's see it in a game. I mean, I don't like uh, to, to blindfold. He's doing him, it in bl- a game. He's done the Michigan twice twice this year. No, I, I didn't say that. I said the one from the uh, from the All Star game the other night. No, like, like that was that was okay. That was that was one thing that I'll say. Wow, that was that was amazing that he's able to do that. But I don't know why you bring him to All Star Weekend just to do that. What the fuck? Do you not think he's done some special things this year? Yeah, he has. You not that's think why that he was he, there for that. He, he's done special things, but he's also turning into a special player. We talk about the, the stars that when we played, okay? I, re, I remember when, when uh, you know, Steve Eiserman was a rookie. I remember when Joe Sackick was a rookie. I remember, you know, looking at the, the elite players like Sergey Fedorov and all those players I remember all those young guys because I was like really young watching them and my eyes. I was starstruck. But Trevor Zegras is turning into a star in this league, not just because he can do tricks with the puck, not just because he can do the Michigan. It's because he is playing the game at a high level that's never been played that style before. He's very creative. He thinks the game at a different level. I think it's pretty amazing. He should be at the all-star game. 
Well, he you know, didn't for play. Example, he didn't play in the game. He was just there for for the, the dangles. For the dangles. Okay, but you know, for me, do you want to see? Do you want to see Alex Ovechkin at the All Star game? He's thirty six years old. Do you want to see him there? I don't want to see him there. He's the greatest. He's going to be the greatest goal scorer of all time. Okay, he is literally one of the greatest players to play the game. And when I say this. Overall, how what he does, whether he's a power play specialist, whether he's a, a, a freight train, 230-pound freight train, he is a great player that has done incredible things in this league. Even at 36 years old, he's having one of the best years of his NHL career. But I don't want to see him at the All-Star game. I want to see Krill Kaprizov or whatever. I want to see... Uh, you know, the younger generation of player. I want to see the young stars. I don't want to see, I don't want, I don't even want to see Connor McDavid there because he looks like he doesn't even want to be there. Exactly. It's exactly. He does like, not want to be there. The, well, how are you going to have an all-star game with a, arguably the greatest player to ever play? That's kind of my point. It's like, these guys don't want to be there. So stop putting them on display and stop making them look like, like idiots because they don't show personality. They don't want to. They don't want to be there. They don't smile. There's a lot they of don't... players that do want to be there. Okay. There's a lot of players that do want to be there, and they okay. enjoy the weekend. And there's a lot of players like I just. I just remember back. I always thinking about Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin when they were younger. I'm talking even ten years ago when they were. They were the ticket in the NHL. They were everything. They were the face. Those guys need a break. When you have an all-star weekend, I know you're trying to sell the game, but those players need a break. Connor McDavid has been dealing for the last month and a half in Edmonton. You know, the team has not been playing well. He does not care about points and winning scoring titles, which was a question that he was asked this last weekend doesn't care he's had so many points in his career he doesn't care about scoring titles he cares about wins and he cares about winning games and 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 trying to win championships that's what he plays the game for right now he is ultra focused on one thing but i'll tell you a player like that who has all of this pressure who has to talk every single night after these games there needs to be downtime there needs to be a release and that's not going to the all-star game in front of cameras and, and signing 10,000 autographs and having cameras flashing in his face and, and just being on the ice again when he needs a mental rest. That's why I feel sorry for some of those guys. Some of the young guys like Trevor Zegers love being there. All those young bucks, like even Tom Wilson, he's an older, older guy, but, you know, he had the opportunity to go to the all-star game because Alex Ovechkin didn't go. So Tom Wilson went and it was great. I think Tom Wilson absolutely loved the opportunity to go there. There's a lot of guys that loved it. Okay. All right. Well, we can agree to disagree on this. I, I mean, they'll never get rid of the all-star game. They're moving it to South Florida next year. Uh, so be lo- I'll look forward to see what kind of gimmicks they put up next year. But I mean, it's just to me, it's a waste of time for the players. It's a waste of time for the fans, in my opinion, because they're not getting 
the most from the players. You're just getting players on the ice, skating around, playing three on three and doing a shitty skills competition. That's how I feel. Doesn't have the same, doesn't have the same uh, feel to it. Like it did years ago when it actually seemed like it meant something to players. Um, Something that happens every year at the NHL all-star game is Gary Batman's press conference. We sits up there with Bill Daly and answers questions from the media. And I think there was, you know, really just the, you know, the one question uh, that I was curious to know about. And that was after Rocky Wirtz's outburst last week, as Gary Bettman quoted it, he called it a moment. It was an outburst slash moment in the eyes of Gary Bettman. And there will be no uh, repercussions for Rocky Wirtz uh, and what happened. And, and if you're just tuning in and you don't know what's uh, what happened, a reporter, Mark Lazarus from the athletic basically asked him, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, what kind of, what is the team doing moving forward to empower their players and, you know, to make sure that something like this never happens again. And, and Rocky words, just, he goes off, he goes off and he, you know, we're trying to move forward. We're not talking about 2010. We're talking about, you know, what we can do moving forward. And, and, and I mean, maybe in there somewhere, there is a message and an answer with the, with the, with where he wanted to go with that, but how he went about it and the emotion in which he, he showed, I mean, how about a little bit of goddamn empathy and sympathy toward your victims? And how about not only that, there's a third John Doe now that is a victim of that scumbag that they wrote a letter of recommendation to, uh, to move on and continue to work in hockey after he sexually abused From what Miami, 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 uh, Ohio, Ohio. Yeah. And, and that came out just either later that day or the next day that we heard about that. And I just think to myself, take a little ownership here. Take a little ownership, have some accountability answer the question with some respect, the respect that it deserves because lives have been ruined and you might stroke a check to, 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 for a settlement, but that doesn't mean that you ever remove the damages that are done emotionally and mentally to the players that are, are affected by this, by the person that you employed. And then not only you employed, but, but your, the people that you had employed in high power positions wrote a letter of recommendation to, to help him move away from your organization. So you didn't draw any negative light, Accept what's happened and don't move on. Don't ever move on. And I just, you know, again, I just, I look at this and I think Gary Bettman dropped the ball here. I think he dropped the ball big time. What was he supposed to do? What was Gary Bettman supposed to do in that? Like, fine him? He's, he's already going to be uh, paying out an extreme amount of money. Correct? Is he supposed to fine him? Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, what, what is the right move by Gary Bettman in this situation? He, the, the question was addressed to Rocky Ward's son, um, who is what the CEO of, of the, the Blackhawks right now. 
Rocky Warts is obviously not happy with with the entire situation. And they this this whole organization, the Blackhawks organization, they have been smeared from this from this incident. It's going to take a long time to rebuild a very long time to rebuild a, a credible organization again. I don't, I don't agree with what Rocky Warts did. I don't agree with how he answered it. He could have just easily answered the question that we are going to do right by this young man. And we are going to move forward in a positive manner. And we are going to learn from this situation. It's very simple, but I just think again, there he's, I am sure that uh, he's, he's overwhelmed with information and that that's coming to him that he has to address on a daily basis on this. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to protect him. That's for damn sure. All he, all he needed to do is answer the question, but what is Gary Bettman supposed to do about this, about this situation? That's what makes, that's the great thing about being Gary Bettman in the commissioner of the league. You find, you find the right solution within your group. What would you do? <sighs> what would I do? You, you, like, because you're, you're, you, ex, you talk about it like something needs to happen. You talk about it like Gary Bettman didn't do the right thing as commissioner of the league. This what, might be extreme, but I thought after I thought after all the Kyle Beach allegations and and you know John Doe number two and even now number three, even though it's it's removed from you know the the first two that we were talking about back in the summer, even just before the summer when the allegations first came out, I, I would say this is extreme, but I would say forced sale. And there was even speculation that he didn't know about it. And, and that's fine. But it happened on your watch as the owner. You know, it happened on your watch as the owner. And, and that's, you know, and I mean, you, you look at what Wayne Gretzky says here. Wayne Gretzky says, uh, as a parent, you're sitting there going, my son's 18 years old. He's going to maybe be drafted by that team. I want to know my 18-year-old son's going to be protected. You know, and, and I just think to myself, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you just I think you say, you know what? Rock, it's time to cut your losses. You got three Stanley Cups, you got a billion dollar franchise. I think it's time for you to put that on the market and sell it and and step away from the game of hockey. Because that's what's going to help Chicago in the future is not having your especially after this incident right here. Especially after this. Because if you can't approach this topic in the position that he's in with any kind of sensitivity, you don't deserve to be an owner. You don't deserve to own that franchise. You don't deserve to be the face of the Chicago Blackhawks or how is he, how, I mean, how is he, how is he remove him from the uh, board of directors that he's on? You know, he's on some, some kind of a board. Okay. Yep. And remove him from that, you know, like sh there, there's got to be something, a, a public apology for that. It doesn't, it doesn't cut it for me. It doesn't cut it for me. So yeah. You know, what would I do? I'd force him to sell, you know, that's what I would do. Is that extreme? Probably, probably. Yeah. That's, but that's, you know what, you know, I would love to know what, what, uh, what, uh, 
uh, Adam Silver would do in the, in the NBA, you know, when he had the, the owner with the racial slurs and, and all of that, you know, when he was caught on, on tape and he stepped in and he forced him to sell the team. And I just think to myself, I'm like, you know, there's a guy who is not standing for anything, you know, and you can't you know, make I, a person sell a team if he did not know what happened. Like, I know he owns. We'll the never know if all, he knew or didn't know. Well, that's we'll right. So how can so how can you just force him to sell the? I told you how it happened. It happened on his watch. It happened on his watch. You know, like simple as that. And you know what? It happened on his watch and he's going to pay for it. That's number one. He's going to pay for it. And number two, the person that was representing his organization is going to be in jail. All right. Uh, You know, it's very hard to get you to want to agree with anything I say today. But, But we can move on. Another thing that Gary Bettman said in that press conference about the Arizona Coyotes. I have a theory on the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Get sell. them out of there. Get them out of there. Not sell. Move. Sell. Move. 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 Yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. You know, like, how embarrassing is this? You got a, you got a team now playing at ASU in a 5,000-seat arena where they might actually, they might actually come out financially better. Yeah. Come out financially better while they try to work and figure out uh, if they can build an arena um, on, in Tempe, Arizona. I mean, why are we going to do this? Why are we going to continue to hemorrhage money? First of all, the the uh, uh, the Phoenix Suns don't even want to share an arena with them. Okay, and now you want to talk about maybe building another arena on the other side of the stadium or on the other side of of, uh, of Arizona. In Tempe, it's like, what are we doing here? Hockey's not that popular. And he says, well, ask Austin Matthews. Ask Austin Matthews what? Ask him what? He's, he might be the best player to ever come out of Arizona, but that doesn't mean that ho- it's a hockey hotbed. <laughs> like, like what, are, what are we talking about here? It's, it's being afraid to admit that you were wrong. You'll admit that you're wrong with Atlanta because you got a Canadian – you got a Canadian market that'll uh, that'll take them on. What are we doing here? Let's like get on with the Arizona Coyotes. Enough with the experiment. You remember when it you were a work. player rep? So yeah. you were a player rep in what year? 2000, uh, 2004, right? No, no, I was after the lockout. 06 to oh six to two thousand nine. Three years. I just re- I remember back. I remember back twenty years ago, and and Arizona was bleeding the NHL money, like forty, fifty million dollars every year. They were losing, and and Gary was always talking about it's it's going to come around. We're going to work with it. This is the great spot to be. It's not a great spot to be. It is not a hockey. It's not a hockey city. Not a hockey city whatsoever. I I, I don't understand. I don't understand. You want to make money? Then put a team in Hamilton. You want to make money? Put a team back in Quebec. Because the most profitable teams in the National Hockey League are all Canadian. 
Madison Square Gardens, uh, Chicago. There, there's some, there's some, you know, big ones in in the states, but the ones that make all the money are in in Canada. I'll be quite honest with you. I think the league has too many teams. I think the product's too watered down. Like thirty-two teams. I mean, what? Why? Why? And look at the and 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 you know, Florida. Everyone wants to say that it's working in Florida and Tampa Bay. They're you know how much they get for tickets in Tampa Bay on the glass? They get like a hundred bucks. Stanley Cup champs two times, hundred bucks on the glass. Okay, fifteen bucks in the nosebleeds. Is that is that is that the kind of revenue you want to be drawing for your Stanley Cup champion team? It's like we have too many teams in this league. Get rid of get rid of Carolina. Let's be honest. Get rid of Carolina. Get rid of uh, get rid of Arizona. There, you're well, down. You'd to have thir- to get rid of Florida. Okay, and the, then get rid of the Florida. number one team in the National Hockey League right now. Get rid of Florida. And who's another team in the West that you could get rid of? Who's another team in the West that you could get rid of right now? Hold on a sec. I'm going to go Anaheim. Get rid of Anaheim. Are they, is that a hockey hotbed? Is that a hockey market? Big time hockey. I know they, I know they have a Stanley cup. That's not what I'm saying. How many hockey hotbeds are there right now? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, like, what are you talking about? All the Canadian teams, you know, your Buffalo, your Boston, your Chicago, Detroit, when they're good. Um, like Columbus. You know who has the most, the highest attendance in the league right now? I question Columbus. What? Who? Who would you think? Highest attendance? Like total throughout the year because normally it's Montreal. This is after 24 games. 2021-22 season. Who is it? Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. 100% capacity. That's that's fine. But I bet you I bet you any money their revenue versus a, a another team that is actually a hockey market because like, they're 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 giving tickets away for like 15 bucks. 30 bucks to watch the team from the very top. Stanley Cup champ. Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. You know like how, how are you surviving? Like, how are you surviving with that? Like that, those numbers are, those numbers are, are, you know, like, like if they were real prices for what you're trying to get to watch a Stanley cup champ. Can I ask you this? So when you, this is after 22 games played, Arizona is ahead of Buffalo. Yeah, I know this. Mike uh, Harrington asked a question. 11,600. They average in Arizona. The Buffalo Sabres are averaging 8,626. That's 45% capacity. And when you're saying 8,600, there's probably a few phantom uh, tickets in there. There's no one showing up to these games. Like, why is there no one showing up to these Buffalo Sabres games? I would like... Like, is it, is it just people are so fed up over the last 10 years of the management of this team that they're just, they're almost like they said enough's enough. We're done. 
I think it's a combination of is all it of the it. The product that's on the ice right now, are they not liking what they're seeing? The product. I think it's an. I think it's a, you know. I think a, va- is it the vaccination uh, status where you have to be? You have to show your vaccination. Uh, you know how many people I know won't get their kids vaccinated. So therefore, therefore, they're not taking them to a hockey game. Yeah. Right. Like my kid's not vaccinated. Like he wants, you know, he's like, I want to go watch Alex Tuck play. No, we can't. We're not allowed. We're not allowed, you know, and it's, you know, and I don't want to make this a a political thing. We're not going to make this a political thing, but I think that is, that is one of the most ridiculous rules that you could ever have is about is, is kids, what five to 12 years old must be vaccinated to, to go to a hockey game. I think that's, that's part of it, but that came later on that came later on. So that certainly didn't help any matters. I think the product on the ice, I think that's part of it too. I think the treatment of Jack Eichel, I think that's part of it too. I think the way this, this team has been managed and owned is part of it too. It's all of it. It's all so of it. It's and just I think like I, throwing it all in a basket and just plucking, you can pluck a whole bunch of things out that I think fans here in Buffalo are just kind of fed up and, and angry. Absolutely. They're absolutely angry. And, and I feel bad for the players. Okay. For the young guys who are starting their careers, you know, in Buffalo and having to witness a real fan backlash toward the organization. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's real. It, this isn't a, this isn't like, uh, you know, this isn't just like, ah, oh, the team's been bad for a couple of years. We're not going to go. No, I think there's some serious hatred toward the Sabres franchise. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Like, listen, I mean, I talk, you know, we've been talking hockey and playing hockey for a very long time. So anybody that comes up to us, I talk to multiple people throughout my day. Um, and there's a lot of people that are just not happy. They just almost to the point where they choose not to go just because they're, they're so angry with what's happened in the past. And, and my thing is, do you, and and this is to you too, like, do you not see the light? Do you not see the light a little bit with what, you know, this team has moving forward? Like, I don't think that there's any player, one player that is popped out and all of a sudden we're saying, listen, this team in, in, uh, you know, two years from now, three years from now, is going to be one of the top five teams in the league. I don't even, I don't know if I can say that. I think we have some really young, great young players. Um, but there's a lot that still needs to change. We need number one, the most important thing is to be patient. And I know not one single Sabre fan ever wants to even hear that word because we have been told that by management for years and years and years and years, going all the way back to Darcy Regeer when Darcy Regeer said, yeah, we're going to start over and there's going to be some suffering. Well, Darcy, this isn't suffering. We're past that. And I just think that, I think that people right now 
want to see the product make a a major step forward. And we have young guys that are up and coming. Jack Quinn, his last game that he played, he scored a goal and assist. He looked fantastic. You got Owen Power that's going to be playing on this team next year. The team is going to be stronger, but it's still going to be green. It's going to be naive. You know, I still think- have a, a 20, a young cousins, a young, you know, there's just so many young players that we're depending on. Well, look how many years it took for the Bills to get it right. Let's not talk about the Bills. Why? Because that was a debacle, too. It was like, what, 16 years? 17, maybe? 18, maybe? Well, what do you mean, let's not talk about it? That's that's reality. Because it was a bloody joke what happened with the Bills for all those years until they got McDermott and Bean. And and Bean has had a, had a focus, Okay. And he did things that kind of raised everybody's eyebrows. You're going to tear down the entire team. Not only are you going to tear down the team, you're basically going to tear down all of the stars, all the guys making all the money. You're going to go and you're going to get the right people in here. Not some meat stick. You're going to get the right people that are, have the proper mindset and they're going to build it. And they did it. They built it. And it took time. There's a, there is a difference and you, you have to draw a parallel because both teams are in the same market. And, and I, and when you look at it, you can go and bring in, you'll be able to bring in any NFL player to come and play in Buffalo. If they have a chance to win a Super Bowl, Okay. Simple as that. Because if you have the money and you're willing to give the signing bonus and all of that, you'll be able to bring somebody in no problem. Okay. Hockey's going to be very, very different. And, and yes, we have a lot of respect for Kevin Adams and, and you know, what he believes in, in terms of culture and all of those things that matter. And anyone that says culture is a, a buzzword because it doesn't show up in a stat sheet or analytics, give your head a shake, but that does matter. But the fact of the matter is, is that, This is going to be for a very, 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 very long time. A hard place to um, encourage and entice free agents to come and play for a very long time. There is a stench around the organization and it is not because of the general manager and it's not because of the coach. Okay. It's not. Because of how this how this operation has been managed from before the Pagulas took over, but since the Pagulas took over. Yeah. Period. End of story. You don't think players watched what happened? Well, they have o- they have opened their, their wallets. And that's always a good thing to have. Early have on. Op- early yeah. on. They went after Leno and Erhoff. Okay. And that didn't work. All right. And then shortly after that, when that was not the Pagula's fault, that who are the, who's the last big free agent they signed to bring in here? Skinner. No, they traded for him and opted to resign him, which was a massive mistake. In fact, I think the jury's still out on who actually signed him. Bottrell or ownership. Yep. Okay. I can agree with that. But at the time when you're sitting there thinking to yourself that, you know, this player comes in, and he's scored multiple 30-goal seasons, 
he's always scoring multiple 20 goal seasons. And then all of a sudden he shows up to your, your team after leaving a team that he'd played for his entire career and scored 40. You got to pay him. The problem is what I, you don't have I to agree pay him. You, you're trying. I would, Greg, I, you would, you would have let him, if you were the general manager of this team, you would have let him walk. Yes, I would have. I, I, I said it multiple times. He's a $7 million player because guys like a Vander Kane were making 7 million guys like James, uh, James Van, Van Reemsdijk yep. were making 7 million. We went over Max Pacioretty was another one making 7 million. Yes. So we went over a number of guys back at that time and said, you know, where do you put Skinner amongst these guys? Who would you rather have? What are the intangibles that go along with a $7 million player? Does the $7 million player, is he, is he just a power play guy or does he kill penalties? How is he defensively? Is he a defensively responsible? Um, is he a physical presence like uh, Evander Kane? Will he hit and fight? All of those things go in to deciding what what's worth. Not just looking at this guy scores 40 goals. And for me, Jeff Skinner is a very good goal scorer, but that's about it. He does not kill penalties. He's not defensively responsible. He's not a hitter and he's not going to fight. He, there's so many other parts of the games that he doesn't have, but he is an elite goal score, elite goal score. He, and he's basically at that time had the greatest year of, of his NHL career. And, and the worst thing is they were trying to hold, you know, the, the team hostage because he's an unrestricted free agent. And they're just like, listen, you're going to pay me or I'm leaving. Well, they should they sh to leave. They should have allowed him to leave. They should have allowed him to leave. Yes, I do believe that. $9 million for Jeff Skinner is absolutely ridiculous. And that's, like an anchor, that's an anchor on this team for the next five years after this year. And that's going to be, and, and like, that's part of the problem. That's going to be part of the problem. So like when you say, when you say I can't draw a parallel to this team and the bills. No, I can, because we don't know if all these young players, yeah, all these bright spots, all these bright spots. Yay. Yay. We got these bright spots. Guess what? It takes years, years for bright spots to actually blossom like, and, and turn into what they were, what we expect them to turn into like Trevor Zegras, He's not even, he's not even close to what he's going to be. He's just now starting to, to scratch the surface of maybe being a star in this league. We don't have any of those guys right now. Alex Tuck, take him to the side for a minute. He's been in the league for four years. Okay. Longer than that. Five years, four years. I think he's been in the league for four years. Yeah. Fifth. Five years, five years. Maybe this is fifth year, but anyway, so your Jack Quinn's your, uh, Paterka's that everyone's talking about. Um, you know, Tage Thompson, Dylan, is, Dylan Cousins, Dylan Tage Thompson, Dylan Casey Cousins Middlesat. is 20 pounds away from being an impact player, from being an impact player on a nightly basis. 20 pounds. 
That's it. That's, I mean, it's not his skill. It's not his brains. It's not his skating, not his hands, not his shot. It's literally his strength. In my opinion, that's my humble opinion. You know, Peyton Krebs. Yeah. He's showing flashes of brilliance. Still, he's still a few years away. And then are these going to be the type of players that carry your team through the hard days of the season? No, you got to go out and sign those guys. Okay. And before you sign those guys, so you don't get- think that we have enough in the next year or two from now, you're going to have in two years, you're going to have uh, Peyton Krebs is going to be 22. Dylan Cousins is going to be 22. Uh, Tage Thompson is going to be 26. Craig, you're gonna who's the Al- rest of the team? Who's the rest of the team? I'm not you have to yet. make up the rest of the team. I, I'm, I'm not done yet. So like just with, just with Quinn, Paterka, uh, Thompson, Middlestat, Quinn, uh, Mention Peyton Quinn Krebs, Krebs. And, and Tuck, that's, that's seven guys. That's seven elite players. Elite? Casey Middlestad's elite. Casey Middlestad, before he got hurt last year, was a point-of-game player. Was he elite? In, in 20-some games, he had, he had like 12 goals or 11 goals. Like, he was playing exceptionally well. for In 41 for games last year, he had 10 goals and 12 assists. Okay? That's 22 points. He was minus 10. That's fine. He's getting points, but is that elite? Go look at the whole team. The whole team was minus. So don't look at his plus minus. They're all minus. That's true. I don't know that that's elite. So, I mean, and, and then I sit here and I say to you, I'm like, who's the rest of the team? Well, now you got to find your third line, your fourth line, um, your number five, six, seven defensemen, and, and you know, and you need goalies. You know, and like Devin Levi, how far away is he before we put the weight of the organization on his back to go because he was Mr. Canada last year at the World Juniors? Great trade, great pickup. He's dominating college. But I think we all know that college is a lot different than the American League, and the American League is a lot different than the NHL. So, you know, when, when going back, this, is, this all stems from the conversation about fan attendance too, right? And... And the last thing I'll we brought up a number of reasons as to why people aren't going. Do you know how many people want the Pagulas to just sell the team? Just sell the team. Stay with football. That's fine. You've done a wonderful job with football. But part ways with the ownership of, of the hockey team. And that has been – that is – that's people that – Do those talk, business coincide, though? Do they do – they, Apparently, like how with, ben- apparently, with when it comes to as we've spoken to Elliot before, as it comes when it comes to stadium conversations, you know, selling the Sabers while trying to build a football stadium is a bad look. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. think that has. I don't understand, I don't understand that at all. I don't understand what he's that at all. Like he uh, he said that last uh, a couple weeks ago, where the Pagulas can't sell the Sabers because they're trying to get a, a, a um, build a new stadium. And I'm thinking to myself, what? Why wouldn't you want to sell the Buffalo Sabres? You go sell them for a couple hundred million dollars and you're going to be putting that right back into your stadium that is going to be beneficial for the city of Buffalo and, and generate maybe more revenue, more, more jobs. The person that comes in that takes over the, uh, the, the Sabres are strictly Sabres. They're going to work 
to build this Sabres team. That's what I think. That's what I would assume. I would have always assumed that why, why would one mean the other? And that's not Elliot. I don't think that's Elliot's philosophy, but I, I feel as though that's something that was asked and someone had maybe told him that that's the, that's the perspective. I mean, cause we had that conversation with him and we can have it again, but I know we've asked him twice. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that episode because I do, I do remember asking him and he's the one that said, well, someone has said that, you know, well, how does it look if you're trying to build a football stadium and sell the, the hockey team? I mean, to me, it looks like you're cutting your losses and taking the money from the hockey team to put into the football stadium. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the question that I have. How much could you sell the Sabres for? You say a couple hundred million. I mean, the price tag on the Sabres would be north of four or 500 million. They're not going to, in my opinion, I don't see the league giving, giving away a team in a sale for less than what an expansion team costs. Like, like uh, Seattle had to pay 650 million to get into the league, you know, and then some outside owner is going to come in and get to buy into the NHL and do a pretty good market. Might I add in Buffalo for 400 million. You know, I mean, who, like, who knows? And then, and then do you have to sell the Harbor center with it? I mean, does that, is that part of the package? You know what I mean? Is if you're, if you're getting out of the hockey, well, you, are you selling uh, the Marriott on top of the Harbor center? Yeah. Are you selling the Marriott? I mean, you sold your seven, one, six restaurant. I mean, you know, I think, I think all the, the shops that were owned are, are all gone now. I, I mean, I don't know that for sure. I haven't been downtown enough lately, but I mean, some of that could have to do with COVID, but it's like, it's like there's a lot that goes into it. That would be probably arguably one of the most confusing sales because it's not just a hockey team. You have to sell the Bandits. You have to sell, I think they even own the Nighthawks in Rochester. You have to sell the Amherst. I mean, like you literally have to sell the farm. And then, and then it, so you, if you just sell the Sabres, then you have to unload the Bandits because, like, I mean, I can't imagine, although the Bandits are out drawing the Sabres right now, by the way. So it's just the whole thing. The whole thing is a, is a, is a colossal mess. It's a colossal mess. But again, I mean, you know, where we started this off talking about all-star break and you, you've just been very argumentative the entire time. Did you ever go away for all-star break all your years? Like, obviously you went away, but do you ever do anything like super exciting? Um, yes, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did a bunch of different things, you know, like I, um, I remember one year we went down with a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys off the team. We went to uh, that Atlantis, that big like crazy slides and the whole shoot match. Do you know what I'm talking about, Atlantis? Uh, I, yeah, I know Atlantis. I'm looking it up yeah. right now. Yeah. So listen, is that, the, I mean, is that I, a big pink building or something? Yeah. It's yes, yes, different, multiple different. Uh, you know, in the Bahamas. Yes. NASA, NASA, I think it was. Yeah. You know, I, I've been all over. I, t- I went up to, uh, um, with, uh, Trevor Linden one year, Trevor Linden and, uh, Saku Koivu. And I rented a, a big, uh, chalet up North in Tremblant and went, uh, and we, uh, or, um, rented, uh, snowmobiles and the whole shooting match. It was, this is great. You're only up there for a couple of days, right? So you just want to be able to kind of like relax a little bit and unwind and, uh, 
you know, yeah, I enjoyed the all-star game. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I loved it. It was a great thing for a player that was not going to the all-star game. My first all-star break. I was in the league. It was Oh three Oh four. And I remember back in, it was like November. We we're doing lunch at chefs one day. It was a game day. And Jay McKee just kind of sits down and he casually says to everybody in the, in the group, or everybody there, he's like, hey, uh, you know, it was he and his wife at the time. He's like, hey, me and, you know, Nicole are thinking about going to uh, um, South Beach for the All-Star game if anybody wants to come along. You know, we'll book hotels, you know, this and that. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and I, I didn't say anything. I didn't, I, I didn't say anything because I'm, I've only been in the league for like, uh, since I made the team out of training camp. Right. So I've been there, you know, October season started. And so I've been there like a month, month and a half. So I, I mean, I could be sent back at any time. Right. So as we get closer to all-star break, I'm told to get a place, I think end of November, early December, I can't remember. And I, I approached Jay and I was like, Hey, I was like, if, I don't get sent down for the all-star break to go to Rochester and play. Is that offer still open to come to Miami? Right. He's like, Oh my God. Yeah, of course. You know, we're doing this. We're, we're going to stay like I'm, I'm a rookie in the league. We're going to stay at the Delano hotel. It's like 600 bucks a night or something like that. It's like, I think it was Madonna's hotel or something. And, I'm like, you know what? I could be out of the league next year and I'm going to, I'm going to live this up. I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of this. Right. So, so I, I, I booked the trip I, a couple of nights, a few nights at the Delano hotel, which was absolutely spectacular. Okay. It was all white. The, my, the hotel was white. The inside was white. The, my walk in my room, like everything is white. Everything is white except for the, the green apple. That's like literally a real apple sitting on like a, a, like a, I don't know what it was, but like a shelf, a white shelf and just had a green apple on it. TV was white. Alarm clock was white. Bed was white. Lamp was white. Everything was white in the room. So anyway, so first things first, what are we doing? We're, we're hitting the beach, right? We hit the beach. Good old go down and we're lying in the sun and I'm just lying there and I'm taking in all the sun, right? Like I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. We fall asleep. Okay. Jay's smart. Jay covers up with a towel, covers his legs up, throws like, cause it was, it wasn't hot, hot. It was, but the sun was out, but there was a great breeze coming off the lake. So you couldn't feel the heat from the sun. Right. I go upstairs, get ready for dinner. Jay knocks on the door to go for dinner. Where do we go though? We're in Miami, South beach. Where'd we go? Joe Stonecrab. Okay. Okay. Joe I was going to say Don Shula's. <laughs> Don Shula's. Joe Stonecrab. Okay. Joe Stonecrab is, is, you know, I wasn't even into seafood, but I mean, you're, you know, we're going to Joe Stonecrab. You have to get there at four. There's no reservations. It's like first come, first serve. And like they could even be, they could be out of the jumbo or the large stone crab, right? By a certain amount of time. So we show up there, you know we're yeah we're doing the whole thing it's all like anyway long story short jay knocks on the door and i opened the door i remember what i had on a pair of jeans and a white linen shirt and he i he just started laughing laughing 
I'm burnt to a goddamn crisp. Okay. I am red. I am as red. I'm as red as your Montreal Canadiens jersey behind you. Okay. I'm, I'm now I got to go back to Buffalo in two days. Right. So we go out to Joe Stone Crab, whatever. I can't remember what we did. Long story short, we go back to Buffalo for, to, to, to weigh in. I weighed in right dead nuts on what I was supposed to weigh. Okay. We walk in, go into the back. I'm getting undressed. And like, it looks like I have white shorts on. I'm standing there naked in, 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 the, <laughs> in the back room. And it looks like I'm wearing white shorts. Okay. And like a red shirt and red socks, like red, like pants up. Like it, it's, it's crazy. So James Patrick comes up. He says, what the fuck, Petey? Petey, you are burnt to a crisp. I'm like, man, I know. And I'm like, you know me, I'm starting to get all panicking. <laughs> I'm panicking, right? Like everyone's noticing. That's the talk of return back from All-Star break is I'm literally, I'm the conversation about how burnt I was. Okay. So Lindy comes in to do like his welcome back kind of conversation and goals for the remainder of the season and, you know, all this stuff. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I have, I have on a long sleeve shirt. Okay. Cause I, and a hat pulled down over my eyes and I have like, like my hockey socks kind of over my legs. Right. Like I think I put like, I was already half dressed on the bottom. Right. Because I was, I didn't want him to see my legs. So he had obviously caught wind. He's walking around the room. He's looking at guys and he goes, Jesus Christ, Andrew, what happened to you? And I said, ah, oh, Lindy, I'm sorry. I got sunburnt uh, running on the beach every day, right? <laughs> so, and Lindy Ruff is, is the, the best part about a Lindy Ruff is he was a player. And he knows that you're just full of bullshit. Okay. Like he has been there, done that. He's probably already used all the things that all of us tried to use over the years. That's why it was so difficult to be around Lindy because he was a player and he liked to have fun. Apparently from what I understand, he was a, he was a good teammate, lots of fun. So when you come back and you say, I was running on the beach, how do you take that one? Uh, he wasn't amused and, and, and all the guys on the team knew I was going to say that when he asked and no one laughed, no one's like, so everyone just kind of hangs me out to dry. So we go out for practice, whatever. And, you know, we come off and it's just a bad look for a team that's trying to get into the playoffs and your rookie comes back sunburned. It's just, it's, it's a bad look. Right. And, and, you know, fuck Jay McKee too, because I mean, the guy like thought enough to throw the towel over himself, you know, he didn't think to say, Hey man, you might want to cover up with a towel. You know, it's, it was, you know, he came back, he had no color whatsoever added to his skin. And here I am burnt to a crisp. So we go out for practice, we come back in and all the media wants to talk to guys. Ah, oh, what'd you do? What'd you do for all-star break? Whatever. And they come right to me. Okay. They come right to me. Cause as we're skating around out there at practice, they can all see, you know, the bright red face on Andrew Peters. Right. So they come over to me and they're like, what'd you do for the all-star break? Where'd you go? looks like you got some sun. And I was like, no, I didn't go anywhere. I'm like, well, what do you mean? You're, you're burnt to a crisp. I was like, Oh, this. So I bought a tanning bed and I fell asleep in the, in the, tan, in the tanning bed for like an hour and a half the other day. And it burnt my skin. 
but I didn't play. I don't think, I mean, I didn't play for like two weeks after that. I'm fucking peeling. Like you should have seen me like in practices. I was like peeling skin off my face. My back was peeling. Just like at to, what point in time, at what point in time do you use some lotion? <laughs> like aloe vera? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like any, no, like suntan lotion. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't even think to, I, I, Craig, clearly I wasn't thinking. I mean, I didn't go, I, I didn't go in the sun the next day. I went in the sun one day. I didn't, I wasn't in the sun the next day. I wasn't going constantly in the sun with my shirt off. I went one day and that was, that's, that's How the damage. How uncomfortable were you putting on your equipment? It was brutal. It was not as uncomfortable as I was showing up to a team that's out of the playoffs and being completely burnt and that, you know, but that's my that's my that's my uh, first All Star break story. Just got completely burnt to a crisp. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter After the Whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.